Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Universe Academy podcast. I'm your host, John Jennings, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Ryan Kraft. And with me, as sometimes, and glad to have him back today, is Mr. Chris Smith. How are we doing, guys? I'm good. I'm not ducking you for a change. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> we got him back on. We called We're him, baby. Serious. Yeah, exactly. I called him out. We got him on here. We're going to have serious, friendly debates about card games and have probably similar opinions. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, does someone have to be the dissenting opinion then, since we all might have the same opinion? Someone has to be the dissenting opinion, right? No, it's fine. We, we can be the happy time all agreement podcast yeah, if okay. you want to. Okay. I mean, I can devil's advocate if I need to. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, there we it's go. fine. It's, I'll be okay, that. That's jerk. a good pivot. That's a good pivot. <laughs> uh, Ryan does look and sound a lot like Al Pacino, so it makes sense, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Let me turn my camera off so people can believe this. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, just just put up a screen, just pick up a picture of Al Pacino. It's just, you know, why is the dude from Heat on this card game do. podcast? Uh. <laughs> uh, well, as uh, as I'm sure everyone is well aware, we just had our second provisional, and spoilers, uh, Kaminari took home the bag this week, and I think kind of for most people would have to admit to themselves, kind of out of left field, they did not see that coming. Kaminari, I, didn't you mean to say Kirishima? Oh, what? That's right. Hey, it's not. It is a K, but not the one everyone thought, right? Oh, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I mean, right, things like, have changed. Is, like mm-hmm. everyone kind of had like a a love for the character just because he does cool mm-hmm. things, right? He has a once per game, and is on and is his normal E, his free E. If you block my attack, I get to point commit something. That's really good. Mm-hmm. But I think if we want to start like talking about the provisional and whole. There was a definite influx of seven-handers. Like, I think it's upticked by a good percentage just because maybe... I don't think the whole Kirishima thing was. I think it was more along the lines, hey, I'm not getting throw-looped every turn, so mm-hmm. my character actually can play the game past turn two. Yeah. Or turn three. Yeah. You know, were... I think that was the big, that was a big thing because we saw Eraserhead. Uh, there was, I think, double the Eraserheads this time. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe five to ten more than nor- than last time. But... It was so there a pretty were, big chunk. Yeah, there were eight seven-handers in the top 16. Um, do, I mean, do we just want to run through the whole top 16 real quick? Or how, yeah, sure. You know? just, yeah, just run it down for us. So there was Life Ochako 1, Air Giro, Water Asui, Water Kamui Woods, Air Giro again, Air Dinky, Ochako 2, which I think was off death. Does that make yeah, sense, Chris? Is that right? I believe okay. so, yeah. Uh, Life Mina, Fire Tokiami, Void Eraser, Void Sero. Air Jiro, another Fire Tokiami, another Void Eraser, Good All Might 3, and then a Death Nomu, rounding out the top 16. Yeah, so not surprisingly, a lot of air decks, like I think if you asked people beforehand, they would have said it's probably going to be a lot of air, just because it is such a strong symbol right now. There's so much card readying, card clearing, and just the characters themselves are just generically really good, like we saw with Kaminari, obviously. And I mean, the, the top four... Final four were three air decks and one void deck, right? Because it was void, racer head, then two Giros. No, air Giro, yeah. air Kaminari, and then life Mina. Correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, uh, man. Life Mina? Sick. I love Slot yeah. Machine. She's great, dude. She's I, yeah, it, that, the match was really close. She very nearly made it to the finals. It was really close, okay. I feel like. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah we, no. could, we can talk about that more later. But that yeah, that uh, matchup could have very well ended a little bit differently for her. Yeah. Um, but so before we get like dive too deep into like the results and kind of what it means going forward, there is something we want to talk about. And I know it's been talked about some and it's kind of just the rolling out of the provisional cards from the first set or from the first tournament. Um, obviously, not everyone had their cards yet just because of the way they were shipped out. 
I think it was the top 16 people got there shipped out first and then they mm-hmm. went alphabetically is what I've heard. I don't know. If, I don't, I don't know if anyone from Jasco has confirmed that specifically is what happened, but just from, just yeah. from how people have gotten them, that appears to be the way it, the pattern. Yeah. From, um, from what I've been, I did some digging. I didn't really, I can't get confirmation from anybody at Jasco cause they won't do that because you mm-hmm. know, that's just not a good yeah, it doesn't make, but I, I would never confirm that either. From yeah. what from what I've heard, it was top sixteen got their stuff, and I think like the first part of their alphabet list, so maybe like A through D or E or whatever mm-hmm. by your last name, obviously got shipped out uh, first. So like if they're shipping out on the first Tuesday of every month, Business Tuesday, so you're looking at like what second, third, maybe first, second, third for the first block getting it ready and then the next block would be like three four that'd be the middle of the alphabet and i know i'm an s so i didn't get my confirmation until wednesday or thursday so i mean i'm not getting my stuff till monday but if i had planned on getting my stuff for provisional two i would be kind of scrambling for a deck which i kind of i that how i did the provisional doesn't matter so um but yeah, I think that I think going forward, I I heard um, from a couple sources uh, that the shipping method is changing after this one. Uh, they had yeah. some worker breakdown or whatever. Someone like people who did all this stuff kind of just up and just you know quit their job and just didn't give them any notice or whatever. So yeah. that is a, okay. Yeah, so That's... really, it's not all their fault. Yeah, you know, it, sure. it's just stuff happens, you know, and. I know that they're going forward fixing this, and they said that the provisional promos going forward are going to be shipped out in a more timely manner. I think it was a lot. I think a lot had to do with they only had one guy shipping stuff out, and then they had all the all the Wednesday weeklies leading to the provisional was all double price support, so everybody played as much as possible because you're getting two plus ultra packs plus two booster packs. Uh, Granted, I don't think booster packs are all that important to a lot of the people playing who have been playing since October. But they still want to get you your packs because that's what you pay for and that's your price support. And, and so good for them. They want to get stuff out and they want to get it done correctly because I think that's the number one thing. You don't want someone who's been waiting on price support for a month and only get half of it or or miss a piece of it or whatever. But I have heard that the plus ultra packs aren't shuffled. So you may get lucky and get, uh, I know a guy locally who got three mezzos out of his packs. But then I also know that Levi at Alliteration Gaming got like seven plus ultras out of his. Ooh. I don't know how many are from the provisional and how many are from the Wednesday weekly. That makes. But he yeah. had like at least five of them. He yeah. took a picture and it was just like, uh, I struggled. I struggled to get my one. This guy got like, man, it's just like crazy. It's like yeah. share the love, bro. You know. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. Levi should have just been playing uh, Mina in that provisional because he could have just been <laughs> scratching off those tickets like those plus mm-hmm. ultras and winning, baby. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I, I think that that's fair. I, th- I think for a lot of people, it was just if if you were going to have these shipping problems, and obviously maybe if someone did quit or whatever the situation was, Jasco, they're not you know they're not mind readers. They don't know what's going to happen. They can't predict the future. But like just still ma- still allowing them to, them to be legal for the provisional felt bad. I think for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they can say, well, none of the characters made the top sixteen. Who cares? And only you know like there's maybe like one super memorable play of the provisional well, cards. And that was the Nomu price was. per piece, right? 
one had made top 16. It was in uh, Jose's deck. It was Toru in his sideboard. So one technically okay. made top 16. Fair enough. Oh, pitchforks. Let's go. But there were also, there were also like, there was Midnight's just taking games off of people like crazy, too. So it wasn't yeah. backing yeah. the tournament, even if they didn't top 16. Yeah. 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 I, know, uh, I know two of them went five and three. I know two Midnight's went five and three. Uh, so I was tracking close. it. Yeah, so they got really, really close. But uh, one guy that was playing it, he said he he loved playing Jiro because he dunked on her so bad because all of her attacks have three or four keywords. And he's just like, well, it's not a flash attack. Your attack's very slow, I block. And one uh, dude, yeah. I guess, scooped to him in turn two, game two, because he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. I was like... <laughs> I think I was there like, was a, a Toru a Hagakuri that uh, lost in round eight to miss top 16 as well. So oh, there no was a way, really? I know yeah. uh, Jesse Cervini was playing Sugar Man. He, I think he, I think he lost his last two. I want to yeah. say he was he was like four one and one. And then he lost his last two. I think I'm not yeah. completely correct me. So Jesse, tell me in the comments below if I was right. <clears throat> but yeah, so like I, I think the biggest issue for me about the whole situation was it could have been prevented to begin with. Like if you mm-hmm. had just said, "Hey, these things aren't going to be illegal for the next provisional," maybe. Yeah. Maybe if we just say, hey, these are going to be, these are the season one promos. They'll be illegal for season two. Give everyone plenty of time to get them, presuming that they're going to refresh these promos for season two, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, once you committed to that, though, I, it, it really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And like, I didn't even play in this provisional, so it's not a personal thing. Like, I didn't get beat by Midnight or anything. I didn't get beat by Haga Curry. So this isn't like salt in the wound or anything, but like. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they shipped out to the top 16 first because not only was does that create a competitive advantage for those people, but you're giving the advantage to people that have already done well in your tournaments. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just widening that gap that already existed, potentially. Yeah, those it, cards it, are busted, which some of them are really good. I know I know a, a term that was being tossed around was the rich get richer. I Yeah, I get it. I know it sucks. Um, it would be different if all the cards were available to everybody right away. Like if Redemption was open, let's say in January, you know, not March 2022, we have no idea when, which is still, we haven't had a date on Redemption yet, which would be nice to have one going into Provisional 3 in case people need to get cards for Provisional 3. Because me, I want to play Midnight. I think she has great abilities. I also need, uh, was it Concentrate? Because Eraser had poo-poos all over her. So mm-hmm. I need those to stop the erases and plus ultras. And we saw Price for Peace take a game today uh, with a Nomu just pulling one out of his pocket out of nowhere. And yeah. he won the game because of it. If you know, Granted, he draws five foundations, he loses. But it's crazy because like, you got to think like less than 10% of the field had access to these cards, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think the distribution hopefully is getting taken care of going forward. That would yeah. be really good. So everyone would be happy about it. Yeah, and I feel like we should we should say, generally speaking, Jasco has been, you know, quick to listen to complaints and things like this mm-hmm. and, and to try to make steps to make it right. Um and it's just one of those things like hindsight is twenty twenty, but you know, you kinda wanna be like, could could you not see this being an issue, like letting the letting the promos be? It's one tournament, and yeah. I, know, I know you don't want to make it late because maybe they thought, oh, maybe if we push really hard, we can get all the shipping out, and it just turns out they just couldn't. Mm. You know, think- it, it would suck to do it. But you could just like Thursday, you could just say, hey guys, we're sorry. I know yeah. it's short notice. You got still got two days, but just no provisional cards for Saturday and Sunday. Like it sucks, but sometimes yeah. you just gotta do it, right? Um, I know my I was I. In my digging, because I do a lot of digging on things, because I always like to vet sources and find out information. 
they were legal the day before the first provisional, which blows my mind for some reason, because why would you have cards that aren't out yet legal the day before the first event that they're being prized out for? Right. Um, I know that the decision for all that was made when they had a full crew of people shipping stuff out. So maybe they're like, we get these stuff out. People can play with the cards right away when they get them instead of saying, well, we have to wait two weeks until this date or whatever. Like most mm-hmm. card games. I know I know. one thing about uh, My Hero and the Universe's brand is usually cards are legal the day you get them. Like mm-hmm. the day of the release date, like the release date is the day they're legal. So if you get them, if the release date is on a Friday and there's a tournament on Saturday, they're legal for that tournament because... They want you to play with the new cards because everyone gets hyped. It's so exciting to get new cards because they're usually not around very much. And then um, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just fun to have new stuff and play with. People are hyped to play with these new cards. Like, you know, I don't know anybody who doesn't want to get their provisional cards. Like, granted, uh, we're all doomsayers and we're all thinking we're getting like three present mics and all these price for pieces. And you should be so lucky stuff. to get that many presents, Mike, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> should be so okay good. fine i'm sorry i forgot we're, we're we're in front of a present mic fan i apologize yeah. i apologize but yeah you know what i'm saying though it's like it, it'd be great yeah, yeah, to yeah. have everyone on the equal footing even if they're random cards but you still mm-hmm. have you still have the i guess the mina effect where you could scratch that lottery ticket and yeah you get mm-hmm. what you want or you just trade it or sell it because they, eventually they're going to be on redemption and the foil versions there are always going to be people who want to max rarity their deck out so you're always going to I think the foil versions will always have a nice price point for those who are interested in the stock market that is MHA, the card game. And then um, the the non-foil versions, which I know a lot of people who prefer non-foil cards because the foil cards clump when you shuffle, um, they're going to be a more reasonable cost because you're going to be able to turn packs in and basically get them for free for giving Jasco mm-hmm. trash, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's our... I'd say that's mainly our, our thoughts on on the provisional thing. It would have been nice if they had done something about it, but it's over. It is what it is. Yeah. It's hopefully hopefully it gets fixed in the future. Now to something that's actually more fun to talk about, the actual results of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, so so like we said, obviously uh Kaminari took down the tournament. Uh and I was I'll be I'll be honest, like I when I saw that they played they they had to beat back-to-back eraser heads to get oh, to the finals. And like, because I saw, because they they played Saro first, and then I saw that in the top eight it was at Racer, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't sound good for Kaminari. And then they won that they won that match. It's like, oh wow. Then they were matched up against another Racer head, and I was like, oh well, all right, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So I, obviously Ryan and I didn't play, but Chris, I know you said you played some. Uh, did you have any prevailing thoughts? Any differences from the last provisional to this one, even on just like a technical aspect of how it was like carried out uh, from uh, like the tournament organizer? Organizer, I know it was a different. Uh, yeah, so it was a ran, different. But... It was a different organizer. Um, I didn't see anything differently. I only played a couple rounds. I wasn't feeling too great, and I lost my first two rounds. So I'm just like, I'm just gonna drop and not and just just hang out and watch stream. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna shout out Ryan and Tim on Saturday. They were amazing. They were. Yeah. No, sorry, John. You are my favorite <laughs> commentator of all time. Oh well, thank but you. Tim and Ryan crushed it. Uh, they no, were they were really they good. Were, uh, yeah, they were really good. You had uh, you had Ryan, who is a hype man like no other. Uh, he mm-hmm. was really energetic. Uh, my wife made a comment that he was dressed very, very professionally. He was. He looked really nice. Uh, Tim was amazing. Tim has one of the best analytic minds in the game. Uh, he is just insane the way he can just analyze things on the spot 
Um, I usually hold his opinion higher than pre- pretty much almost everybody in the game because I don't know. Me and Tim go back a while, so I mm-hmm. yeah. we have a love for the sun god from standard. So um, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a guy love thing between two guys, I guess. So. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah, the I thought the stream was Fine. really good though. Yeah, like yeah. I said, it was it was really good. And um, what's uh, what is Ryan? We should shout it out. What is Ryan's YouTube channel? He, has uh, YouTube he channel, is right? all for one gaming, I believe. All for one gaming, and it's like one. is it all for one gaming? Okay. So yeah. Make sure we put that. I'll out. take a look. Check it out. I believe it's all for one gaming. I'll take a look while we're talking. So, okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't play in the tournament, but I, I did see that they actually baked in a lunch break for people this time, John. So I know you didn't I... get that when you were when you were commentating, <laughs> but it was uh, it was nice. Apparently, the, it was good for the casters, and it made things go a lot more smoothly for everyone. Okay, so. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. It's some for all. Okay, MHACCG. Yeah. It's some, some for all. So yeah, some for all MHACCG. And he actually had the I want to say he had the first previews of the, the first content creator previews from mm-hmm. set two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. So. Yeah, so if you go back and you're like, oh, that's 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 the person who did the stream yesterday or Saturday. Yeah. He he was on Saturday and uh, Sunday was uh, Levi from Alliteration Gaming, mm-hmm. um, who did a good job as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, as far as also from a coverage standpoint, one thing that they did I thought was interesting today is they allowed actually other streamers to stream the other top sixteen matches. Right. So you had oh, cool. uh, yeah, you had uh, Tim and Levi on the main MHA stream, but Tam. Uh, streamed games and uh, Bromley also streamed games, and they okay. they each had a, a, a companion commentator with them, and I believe, and so they got to stream as well. So that way that you had more of the top sixteen matches available. So you're like, oh, I so, can jump oh. from match to match, and I can kind of like come in and out of uh, which one I want to watch. Like, oh, I'm really interested in like this uh, this Mina Jiro match, and I can go mm-hmm. in and watch that until it's over, and then go back to the other one. So I thought that was really yeah, good. I, uh, they. They didn't Something... do that in the. I thought that so it was only the main channel from the first provisional that had us that had games for top. Yes, 16? the, the oh, first crazy. provisional. The only way you could watch games was on the main MHA Twitch. Oh, um, okay, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yep. So something funny about this tournament is that Bromley and Jose had to play each other in the first round. So mm-hmm. you know they're friends. They live near each other. Bromley went to Jose's house and they played in person. They allowed him to do that and have the camera yeah. on for everything. So then Bromley uh-huh. beat Jose at his own house and then continued to play the tournament in his home. Yeah. But uh, he ended up playing against. Yeah, but he ended up playing Thomas Redman in the next round, who was the guy who eventually won the tournament. So mm-hmm. it was short lived. But uh, yeah, Bromley they mm-hmm. streamed their matches on Unfun Stuff's channel, and then mm-hmm. Tam and uh, Barrett uh, streamed all the way up to the top four, and then they just kicked it over to the main okay. channel for the finals. Mm-hmm. So it was yep. it was good. Okay. There was a lot of diverse coverage today. Mm-hmm. Also, real quick, I want to shout out Tam for what he did for this provisional. If you don't know, mm. Tam played a Midoriya deck. I think it was good Midoriya, probably just like the good punches lineup. And I heard, I heard he was playing that. I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> and then it turns out, I think he had a Twitch goal that if he got enough, raised enough money, he would play. I don't know if it was, they got to pick or if it was specifically the Midoriya deck or what, but he played it and actually went five and three, three. I think maybe. Or, yeah, five and three. So, yeah, so, so you know, shout outs to Tam too, man. That was getting real close to making top cuts with that deck. For, <laughs> yeah, he that's... he uh he definitely walks the walk, man. Like he backs up his talk for sure. So he oh, he, yeah. he I give him props for going through with that because oh boy, that character. But he's also he's also probably crammed the most games at least oh, of anybody yeah. on stream or on his channel with that character. So he has a lot of familiarity mm-hmm. and. Yeah, he's one of those dudes who know he plays so many games and he plays so much that he can pretty much recite attack lineups in his sleep. So I'm pretty sure he was just like, 
cool, an Achaco deck. Well, mm-hmm. you're probably playing all highs. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, like he knew attack lineups, where and when to pick his spots with his 10 damage. I just wish he really got on the mainstream once, because that would have been really sick to see. I know he was streaming from his own channel, but mm-hmm. um, to see him on the mainstream, because I, I know I watched the mainstream for most of the whole thing, because I was just trying to support them. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, but good good for him, man. Nice way to, uh, you know, back up your talk. So congrats. Yeah. And then uh, another uh, appearance in the top cuts was Daniel Nelson playing Fire Tokiami again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lost in the Mr. top Consistent. eight. Yeah. Yeah. He lost in the top eight to James Mann, who's the other guy playing in the finals. And uh, I guess uh, Daniel was saying that he, he got short circuit and charged up, mixed up, and could have killed his opponent and didn't realize it because he was playing around oh. the damage reduction and completely punted a game against him. Um, mm. Feels but, bad. Yeah, that does feel bad. I guess it happens though. But yeah, 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 that's. I mean, I guess I guess that is maybe one of the things of playing on a webcam game, right? Because yes. like if you're if you're in person, you can just you can just look over it. Like you can just look over it and like, oh, what's just that like, card do? Can I see this card yeah. real quick? Yeah. You see this card, or um, and I mean, I guess to be fair, on webcam you can ask them which which version is that. But if you look at it, like and you think, oh, that's that one, like in your head, you just know and don't realize it's. Yeah. It happens, I guess, but yeah, I mean, Daniel won though. He won a one k like last weekend, though, right? So. Yep. Yeah, I think I don't know if he played universes before MHA. I'm not sure. But I, I know it. I know. I don't think he did. I know yeah. he's pretty new, but man, I've seen him on Tam streams. I've seen him in Tam's channel. That man has crushed that deck to like a fine science. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I just... know that people don't put stock into a lot of things like being called the best whatever player, but I honestly think he's probably the best Tokiyami player we have right now. Yeah. Um, hands down in, in, in the format right now. Um, yeah. Granted, well, there's some people who don't get to play in provisionals or on stream or on camera and they're not well known, but uh, he, that man is, you know, by his deck choices, mm-hmm. like what he has in his deck, like his, his single one ofs or his two ofs, and you see him continually counting and like he, keeps track of everything and it's just yeah. really that it's a very it's it's really cool to see how a newer player has grown in the game in such a short time because what is the number one thing a lot of people tell newer players if you want to get good you have to play the game you can't mm-hmm. just sit there and buy the best deck and be like well i'm just gonna play it and then whatever happens happens no you have to just there's so many ways of interacting and how cards inter- interact with each other and checking off the top of your deck and making decisions that you you can't get by not playing. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance to like every situation, every matchup. Like mm-hmm. you could play against the same matchup twenty times and it's different. You gotta learn the ins and outs. And he's put in, yeah. like you said, he's on Tam stream all the time playing games. He plays mm-hmm. in every event, every big tournament. So he's he's jamming mm-hmm. games and you can see the results from it, man. Yeah. If if not the best, certainly the most successful Tokyo. Yes, very true. Very true. I should say that most yeah. most yeah. decorated. Most yeah. decorated Tokyo players <laughs> so far. But so, and I'm sure one thing is, as far as like a general big big idea, big picture thoughts from provisional, uh, provisional I, I think one thing to take away is just the the diverse lineup of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know I won't go too deep on this. I know a lot of people talk about the diversity rule, but we did actually have a I think a really successful uh, type of diversity in the game itself, though, right? Like mm-hmm. this, the results kind of uh, show that. I think Jiro was overwhelmingly the most player, the most played character. I think it was 33, yeah, 33 Jiros. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was uh, Urarakas and a lot of Asuis and that kind of stuff. Uh, Eraserhead uh, was like third, I think, with like 19. That, yeah, that's he, a he huge had a really high jump. representation. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so do you, 
do you guys think moving forward we're going to see like a huge kind of meta shift? Uh, like obviously this was a huge meta shift from the first one because of mm-hmm. Kirishima and all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. And uh now that we're we're past that part, do you think it is going to be just like an air not a specific character but just a symbol is going to be an air dominant meta until set 2 drops? I think we're just in a seven-hander meta now, man, like back to seven-hander. Well, know? I mean so do you think yeah, it's like, seven-hander or just air characters? Because Jiro's only a six, right? I mean, I, I mean, guess there was two void. Draws, there was two so. void erasers in the top sixteen, and okay. two in the top eight actually. So, yeah, I think it's just seven-handers. I mean, obviously Jiro's seven-hander. like a seven-hander buster. Like she can just yeah. blow him up on turn two, and so is Tokiyama, but he's think, a fellow seven-hander. Mm-hmm. I also think a lot of more experienced players gravitated towards eraser head and seven-handers in this format, just because mm-hmm. of the hey, I don't die really fast to throws, but. Um, I think something has to go to say for that. Like, Eraserhead thrives in a format where, um, hey, I'm not getting chucked to death on turns two and three, but going in, like, I think I think the big consensus is can't, uh, like, Eraserhead's tough to pilot for newer players. So, obviously, if you, you know, played the game for a long time, pre-MHA, pre, uh, you may have a leg up a bit on playing a seven-hander, because seven-handers, you have to play the game differently, because you just can't slap cards down, play cards, and then just die to no move. Like you have to play really you know. tight defense as a seven-hander. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you just die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Granted, like Eraser has some kind of outs with Erase and stuff like that, and, and Nightwatch, and you know he discards for speed for basically no cost. And you're, you know, if you have an Erase, but um... yeah, I, I would say if you're a new player, stay away from Void Eraserhead or Eraserhead in general because he's really hard to mm-hmm. play. Yeah, uh, he does probably... not have access to wall cling. Which is a lot of the seven hand size decks that are really successful. Yeah, are playing. They're playing mm-hmm. probably two in the main deck, two in the sideboard at least. Uh, wall cling plus ultra. That's that's what's saving a lot of seven hand size characters right now. What, isn't that, isn't that Matt's staple? That's that's a that's a Matt Childress. Uh, I'll put a stamp on it and I'll send it to print. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite <laughs> defensive combo. If I remember him saying correctly. Uh, I mean, but to be fair, He's I don't correct. have a better one. <laughs> Other than yeah, flash attack. Yeah, I mean, tape plus ultra's up there. Anyway. It's up there. Tape, tape is really good too. Yeah. Um, Tape's very good. Tape, the tape plus <laughs> yeah. ultra play was all over the place this weekend. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I guess Eraser has the the tape plus ultra, but he doesn't have the, the a, no damage thing. That's a question I got for you guys. So, do you think we're going to be gravitating away from the mid attack like zone lately, like going forward, just because of how plus ultra is all over the place and everyone's been playing the tape plus ultra, or do you just think in general we're just going to have to live with it with the whole tape plus ultra play because? When I playing today, or playing yesterday, I should say, and when I felt when I threw a mid attack, I was like, "Well, this is getting blocked." And yep, every mid attack I played, tape or mm-hmm. every non, it's like it just felt like if they taped it, there was going to be a plus ultra, or if they didn't tape it, I was getting plus ultra on a mid. It just seems like mid attacks aren't as strong right now, just because of plus ultra in its own right. Well, it's not even just that. Like if if you're playing against a format where there's a lot of eraser heads, I mean, plus one mid breaker blocks with minus two speed sure. for all day. All day. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I don't know if you necessarily need to like gravitate away from it, but you definitely need to to be able to dump speed on stuff if you're playing mid attacks. Like you're not playing mm-hmm. three speed mid attacks in your deck probably, right? Because they're mm-hmm. just they they're literally blocking down on a two and a racer head. So, um, yeah, I mean, may, maybe you see people start trying to mono zone in set two. Like, hey, here's this all low attack deck because there is an abundance of really good high blocks as well. But I mean, ultimately, which, like take which a and couple a of the ultra, previews we're going to be seeing definitely lends to an all low attack throw deck you know yeah so yeah 
But yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, tape into Pulse Ultra still blocks all that stuff anyways. So, I mean, it is what it is. But Tape into I... Ice Storm? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Um, I guess that, you, you, that can, was... you can do that because you can do that on water, right? You can yeah, that make it a man, dirty, fully block break or two. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a new Omni block. Yeah. That new Omni yeah. block that we saw that we'll mm-hmm. talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, another uh, question, too, I got for you guys. Is okay. Do you think... Okay, so right now, the, the format at least in this provisional, seemed a little faster than normal. Not mm-hmm. not like not like super-duper turn too fast, but it just felt like you know, the Tokiyami... Like, I saw Daniel play a Tokiyami turn where he baited out a Todoroki cancel. He just mm-hmm. flipped late oh, scale, pitched oh, two cards. I want to bathe in that. Oh, my God. That <laughs> was so amazing. Good. I felt... I was just like, holy crap. And then he blew him out. But yeah. the real question... Okay, so what I'm leading into is... Because he also plays this in his Tokiyami deck. Is an ice... Any type of breaker block. Do you think we're going to see an influx of people playing more breaker blocks now because of the success of decks like that Tokiyami or water decks in general? Where you can, do you feel that breaker is more prevalent now just because of there's not as much generic speed hate on a lot of the symbols that have it? So before I give my answer, I just want to say. That from day one, Ryan and I have been talking about Ice Storm. Mm-hmm. All you posers that are playing Ice Storms in your decks now, mm-hmm. we said it first. You're copying us, all right? It's the, we are the, it's Ice the Storm best Ultra Rare in the entire set. Best it's Ultra Rare in the entire set. But, uh, but to your point, I think I, we said that. I think we said that on video. I think we said. I think we just said it's the best card in the set. Like just generically, it's the best card in the set. Um, but to answer your question about it becoming more of like a breaker, like defensive kind of uh, trying to slam those in there, I think that. If you're trying to build it, like if you're looking at your defenses for a deck, like you should be looking at, well, what breaker cards do I have access in general, right? Like that's something you should take into account. And if like I can kind of get it in there, um, I don't know. There's only what there's what two breaker two cards. There's the there's Ice Storm and then the uh, Aoyama attack. Yeah, yeah. If you if you look um, at it though, fire and water. Well, I guess anything with Todoroki symbols. Mm-hmm. Uh, has the most egregious access to to breaker in general. Giant mm-hmm. ice wall. Uh, mm-hmm. pre- what's what's his one five that he can pick up? A precise precise control. Precise control. You have ice storm. Uh, there are cards on fire like evil gaze, <laughs> which is insane. Dark shadow you know, ruin has breaker for some reason. Shadow ruin. Ha- yeah. Why does dark shadow ruin have breaker? I don't get that. It's and no and now there's cards so you can pull it back after you block with it and set two. <laughs> So, like, I guess to answer this question, like, you know, when we first were talking about MHA set one when it came out, I feel like your playgroup was playing a lot different than we were. Because we were talking about how people were getting blown out on turn two and how one of the only ways to interact with people was with Breaker. So mm-hmm. now that we're seeing the format shift to that since Kirishima's eroded and Coordinated Effort's gone, which Coordinated Effort being gone makes Breaker stronger as well because you can't just clear your card pool and play around it. So, yeah, yeah I mean, when, when the attacks are coming and... You might get to block one or two things in a turn. Breaker is literally one of the only ways to interact with your opponent, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of speed redux and stuff like that, but if they're playing like all flash attacks, if you breaker them, like that's gonna that's gonna hurt their turn a little bit because that's mm-hmm. the only yep. way you can interact at all. And they're trying to have you not interact. Yeah. So I, yeah. I do think if you can play breaker cards, get them in your deck. Like, yeah, breaker one might not be the game changer, but I've seen it's a lot of people bit, die I mean... when they tap out perfectly to kill someone. So that one thing might have changed it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I tend to agree with Ryan. It is um, 
I, I think we're going to see a lot more of people just trying to find spots for like a breaker one or breaker two. Like, like you said, it's not obviously you want as, as much breaker as possible, but it, it is the only thing that lets you dictate part of your opponent's turn on their turn. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's very few cards that do that. And the ones that do are like, they have a very high cost. Usually there's like electric jolt, uh, which isn't a super high cost, I guess, but so that's a bad example, but uh, like yeah, shock treatment. Yeah, shock treatment. You have to destroy it, like to to commit something on your opponent's turn. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, so there's cards like that. So there's very few things that let you say, "I know it's your turn, but I'm gonna make you do something you probably don't want to do." There's not a whole lot of stuff that does that. And so yeah, I do yeah. think that's incredibly valuable. And as I, I don't know, Chris, how your play group is, but I get the sense maybe it's a little bit more defensive, maybe not as like balls to the wall aggro. Um, that I would say our play group is far more aggro right like we mm-hmm. want to like i want to play six foundations on turn one and i want to draw six new cards and just go at your fucking face with these things right <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that uh you're probably going to be a little bit more open on the backswing so having like sure. a breaker card is again to that point it's like the one thing i can hold back and like mm-hmm. I, it makes me feel a little bit better that i overreached on my yeah, turn <laughs> sure sure and what's cool is a lot of those breaker cards in the set are attacks right mm-hmm. so you could there are double-edged swords like Ice Storm, Kill Condition, uh, Dark Shadow Ruin, Kill Condition. Uh, you know, even Giant Ice Wall, which is an attack that I haven't really looked at very much. Until it's really this weekend, good. Where I saw that card get played so much, and it's just insane. It's one of the few cards with Stun Two on it, and if you have momentum, it gives your next, I think, range or attack Stun Two. It's yeah. just it, the card's just Stun Four on its face, and it's a three low for five with a with a breaker block on it. Yeah, like a plus two high block, I think. Plus high block, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, just also, also spoilers. Uh, Giant Eyes Ball is gonna be absolutely nuts with Todoroki too. Yeah, stun six. It's also really good yeah. at midnight. I found out. Yeah, yeah it's really mm. good at midnight too. Um, <laughs> but I, I guess I guess that's probably a good place to wrap up our provisional talk. We we got yeah, sure. a little yeah. sorry, but sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's but um, I was gonna say shout out to Thomas Redman and James Mann who are the finalists for it, and also mm-hmm. Kyle Gogwin. And Jacob Johnson, who are the top four, other two top four finalists, and to oh, the nice. other twelve people who are in the top sixteen. I'm not going to shout out everybody, but uh, yep. good job, guys. Like you, there's a lot of really oh, entertaining one, games on stream. One more quick thing, I found, I did some digging. One more quick thing. So, uh, just because we all love to screw uh, screw the knife in more with, on Kirishima, a lot anybody who played Kirishima who topped with him in the last event. Did not talk with their current character in this event. <laughs> so, Very nice. Sorry, oh, but not sorry. We're on that note, gone. actually, there is one more thing. There was one brave soul today that did play Kirishima. There was yep, still one, one in person. the tournament. There was only one person that played Kirishima in the entire there tournament. There was one. Yes. Yeah. Oh my! I, I figured uh, I think some people would, but only one. That's interesting. Okay. <laughs> I know that Bromley had him in his sideboard for some okay. random reason. Maybe the lulls. I don't know. So I don't uh, who knows? Right. But anyway, enough. Yeah. enough professional take- talk. I say, yep, we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and talk about some previews. We'll be right back. Previews. 